Hi, welcome to 10 CDs for a Penny, the show where we talk about wild music magazines and culture and stuff. This episode, we're going to be talking about August 2005 Spin Magazine with the Foo Fighters on the cover. Well, not really. It's actually two different images of Dave Grohl on the cover. He's promoting his record In Your Honor, which was one half acoustic, one half electric. So this was the beginning of the like serious marketing campaign for the Foo Fighters, trying to do something different, trying to keep alive, and they succeeded. But more importantly, we're going to get into an article about Billy Corgan and an interview he did for his latest solo record that came out in 2005. Billy isn't even mentioned on the cover of this, but his is probably the most entertaining thing in this entire issue. And as a special treat, Smashing Pumpkins superfan Nathaniel Addison, who is on the show this week, is going to give his show review of the Smashing Pumpkins concert he saw recently, which ends up tying in so perfectly with Billy's interview. But having said all that, I just want to preface this entire episode by saying that I, and as well as Nat, are both big Smashing Pumpkins fans. So... Whatever you want to think about Billy Corgan, and it probably isn't anything really good, we probably feel the same way, but we still love the music. And as I've said time and time again, if I didn't listen to music based on if I liked the artist making it or not, I wouldn't listen to anyone. And that couldn't be more true for Billy Corgan. He's the man you love to hate. I love his music. It's so easy to dislike him. So that's what makes it so much fun to talk about him. So stick around. That's what we're going to get into in this issue. So let's transport ourselves to the moment that was August 2005. Okay, so uh, this is Spin, August 2005. 2005 was a good year. I was having fun in 2005. I was 25. That was a great year for me. It was not very productive. I wanted it to be productive. I think on my 25th birthday, I was like, productive year. And then all of a sudden, it was August. And I was just... <laughs> Were you graduated <laughs> already? Oh, yeah. Like, that was long. I was, like, lit slumming it in Toronto. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Was that... Yeah. Was that 2005? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's been that long. So, uh, yeah, 2005 with Foo Fighters on the cover, Foo Fighters being two pictures, <laughs> two separate <laughs> images of Dave Grohl. What month is this? Re- remind August. Me? August. Oh, right. Yeah, so here we are right now, August. 14 oh, years yeah. later. Yeah, right now, guys. It's horrifying. I think it's hilarious that there's two pictures of him instead of just the band. Yeah, <laughs> I will say... Oh, but that, that was... Uh, I think the album was a double disc, and it yeah. was uh, the, the rockin' album, which is yeah. such a Dave Grohl thing to do, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's like, this side A is going to be rockin', and side B is acoustic, where I slow it yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, Dave, I mean, I don't know if we want to skip to that article this fast. I mean, there's there's actually quite a bit to say about that concept. Um, well, what's what's what do we got on the cover here? Okay, so there's him, but then what else are they hyping up here in, okay, in so 2000, August 2005? Okay, so the hype... The hype stickers on here are Strokes exclusive. This is, you know, essentially like everything in 2005 and leading up to this moment was White Stripes and The Strokes. They were the the hot rock bands, hot guitar bands at the time, the biggest guys. So they always had to have say something about them. The Strokes, this is coming up pretty early in this issue. We can talk about it. Actually, there's not much to say. It's The Strokes exclusive. Their album isn't even coming out until 2006, but they just make little paragraphs about every single song that they're <laughs> going yeah. to put out. The record isn't even out. There's no review. We just had to talk about them and, they, and hype this. They just want to have any nuggets so they have yeah. justification to put their name on the cover. I know. Yeah. I think largely a lot of this kind of the, the start of this mag is, you know, flippable. We have a well. We have an article with Willie Nelson talking about his role in the Dukes of Hazard movie. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say he tells a <laughs> dirty <laughs> joke, which is like. Which I actually when I, when I flipped to that page, when I flipped to that page, I was like, oh, Willie Nelson. This is kind of refreshing. And then I realized I'm like, oh, he's promoting he's the Dukes of Hazard movie. Yeah, which totally. is like, and, and he ends the interview by like saying, I don't know, saying he was. Johnny Knoxville was getting in his way from checking out Jessica Simpson. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Oh, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, that's, no, that's I pretty know. awesome. I that saw Willie Nelson last summer, and he was amazing. Yeah. His yeah. voice is amazing. He played this summer too. That guy. Yeah, I couldn't go this It's amazing. Uh, that Willie Nelson uh, page long interview in which he has like maybe 
three quarters of a page of a real estate for text and he uses uh, a third of that to tell a dirty joke, which I don't think lands. <laughs> it's sort of a bad look. I don't know. I think he's trying to like groom the interview so he can start saying things about Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's gross. But he's but arguably the coolest person in this. Interview. Yeah, you but can't in really this issue. Yeah. But <laughs> the the uh, <laughs> interview really made me suspect that it was really two PR people tossing ideas back and forth. Sure. Like was it did not read like uh, an actual two people talking at all. Okay. Maybe it was an email interview, and <laughs> yet his possible. people Maybe. sort of look at it or something. He was probably on the phone. They just called him up, and they were, yeah. I doubt there was, like, a. he wasn't sitting in a hotel room with, you know, people, like, coming in and out all day doing, like, classy interviews. This was the pick up the phone at the spin offices and see if, if we can get something out of him. If you were a lazy, like, celebrity, would you potentially hire someone that could impersonate you to do phone interviews? It's happened. <laughs> I feel like that I mean, is a very some, real well, possibility. Well, it comes to mind, I mean, I don't know. It comes to mind the Simpsons episode with Michael Jackson. Oh, where sure. Yeah. They did his voice, but when it t- came time to sing, it was like, uh, bring the sound. I was, was going to oh, say, he like, could, he couldn't do that because of publishing. Well, That's yeah. What it was. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of knew that, but then I knew it wasn't entirely laziness. I think that. That's what. Yeah. That I, I, water heard he, I heard, heard he was actually in the studio watching yeah. it being recorded. Okay. That's what yeah. I also heard. Wow. Uh, the uh, watermelon smashing comedian Gallagher uh-huh. <laughs> had a brother who was his twin brother, and they both toured. Really? Yeah, as Gallagher. That's awesome. Something you know, I'm not a uh, comedy historian, but it's something than, pretty close to that. Other than like Mad Villain, where he will just show up because he's always wearing a mask. Oh yeah, half I've the heard. time there's like a fake Mad Villain. My favorite is that Peter Chris from Kiss. He just had like a guy on tour with him. So when <laughs> because Peter Chris was like completely fucked up half the time, and if he just couldn't hit stage, guy just put on makeup and went that's, up. That's the wow. best thing about makeup, right? That was like, the uh, most incredible thing about Kiss. If you ever didn't want to show up, you just put some makeup on another dude, <laughs> and no one yeah. knew. Like yeah. who knows when Daft Punk's actually there, right? Absolutely. Oh, for sure. It yeah. could seriously be two mannequins. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, from the exposure section, head of the crass. They've dealt with abortion, AIDS, and suicide, but can the students of Degrassi Junior High mm. handle Kevin Smith? So this was about when Kevin Smith directed the Degrassi movie. The only thing I could say with is that this is an absolute tragedy that Drake is not in this group photo. Yeah, totally. Like, he was on the show at this point. How the hell was he not in this? He's the only one. How many How many photo. seasons was that show? I didn't watch any of it. He was on, like, nine seasons of it. it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was really well. I don't think I've seen a single episode. No, me either. Okay, so I have. I've seen all of them. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, he was he was wheelchair Jimmy. He got gunned down in the school shooting. <coughs> we oh, all, wow. yeah, yeah. And he was in a wheelchair after the school shooting. Yes, a guy a guy took him out, and then he had a spinal, and then he was uh, he Ooh. was uh, in a wheelchair. Wow, that's He's where he got his street cred for yeah. his rap career. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> 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 getting shot fake yeah. on the show. <laughs> um, <sighs> turning the page here. Yeah, we've got uh, a Chuck Klosterman article. This was like Chuck Klosterman. Oh, I didn't even realize it was Klosterman. It's of Kloster- course it is. Exactly. Do you want to? Well, it's down? basically just. Uh, it's this called. Is pretty cool. It's called Howling at the Moon, and uh, kind of the subheading is uh, we're entering the age of wolf rock. But when exactly did band names start going to the dogs? <laughs> and it's just about all these wolf bands. Yeah. Oh, it does mention Wolf Parade. I missed that yeah, first yeah. time. That's so the only one it doesn't <laughs> mention is AIDS Wolf. <laughs> my favorite. Oh, right. Yeah, Wolf Parade, Guitar Wolf, Super Wolf, Wolf, wolf Eyes, was, yeah. <laughs> Peanut Butter Wolf. Yep. And then, it th- and then he throws in Animal Collective, which I think he's reaching. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. But that's like even going as far as uh, not Gorilla vs. Bear, but Gorilla vs. Shark. That was a band, right? Yeah. And how many other animal names? But Wolf, I, but I in that short frame of time of like a year, how mm-hmm. many bands became but it wasn't just wolf like it it, it, i feel like this was he is kind of pointing out something that because i remember you know four years after this making a lot of jokes about like how i was going to name my band the like crystal wolf mountain fucks yeah (laughs) (laughs) that would have been a good band name actually that was was john's you can still do that black crystal wolf mountain fucks (laughs) 
the most 2009 bad name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now we're on to the, uh, the cover story on the Foo Fighters. And it's, again, a giant thing, a giant picture of Dave Grohl and a bunch of his band members in mason jars. Um, so so go I ahead. have a question. Yes. Do we consider Dave Grohl interesting? Because I've never disliked Let's him. I've always kind of liked him. But, like, post-2000 Dave Grohl, I just consider kind of boring in a way. I don't mean that musically. And I don't mean that necessarily as an insult. Like, he just seems like a decent, yeah, like, cap- like capable, run-of-the-mill rock star. He doesn't have, like, really that much edge. No. Right? No, not at this really point. Ed- like, yeah. he's... You don't hate him. You don't. He's very likable. He's very he's charming. Very he's always kind of doing and saying the right thing in like a PR way. You know, yeah. like he's not doing like he's not saying what you expect him to say. But you know, he'll pop up in, in places and you'd be like, "That's something Dave Grohl would do." You know? Yeah. So that, uh, it's a really good question, John, because I guess that was kind of going to be like almost the thesis of this this talk was was like, is Dave Grohl? Yeah, is he an interesting guy? I, he's not. He's not like overly interesting, but he's he and he's always billed as like the nicest guy in rock. So he doesn't he doesn't have like he's he's not a mean guy. He's he's never getting in trouble. And really, when I was thinking about this, looking through the the Foo Fighters have never done anything embarrassing. They've always just like come through. Like they there's they're they're pretty safe. Um, that's kind of why I started like, you know, later on, like even right now, recently, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I kind of like dislike them because it was like, this is yeah, just like, that's it. Like kind of the and, same and after, stuff and it's all been, the time. It's been what almost, we're coming up on 25 years of the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Wow. That, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That's insane. That Holy long. crap. Not there yet. We're maybe at 23, 24 now. 1995, man. We're 24 years. Um, but could it could twenty fifth anniversary tour for sure? <laughs> oh my god! But could a case be years. made? Could a case be made that he is the safest rock star of all time? Yeah. Well, yes. he's he's not tormented in yep. any way. Yeah. He's not he, political. He's not political. Um, like even Bono and like Michael sure. Stipe were political. Sure. He always seemed pretty yeah, happy-go-lucky, even like when you s- look at old Nirvana band photos, and you would see him sort of like a, with a big smile on his face. Like yeah, he looked yeah. like he knew he was getting away with something. Yeah, yeah, he knew he was <laughs> getting away with like being at the right fucking place, <laughs> the right. And time. he just was so blessed that he's like super content. <laughs> he has no anger. So, so this was my kind of next point was that Dave Grohl, because he doesn't really have an edge, and his music is pretty safe. <laughs> I like I mean, like this. well, I mean, okay. I, he, he had he had great ideas in the 90s. Uh, I liked his music a lot. Then he went to a very, like, kind of classic rock Led Zeppelin place in the 2000s. And that's where he's pretty much stayed. Mm. And it's, like, very much, like, let's play, like, really loud rocking music and kind of screaming a little bit recently just to, like, give it a little more of an edge. But it's still fairly safe rock and roll by any standards. But Dave Grohl is just really really amazing at, at marketing and branding himself yes absolutely. and so where you look at madonna as a person who is constantly changing image and constantly uh like changing the style of her music like multiple times on a record so you like think that it's like a different person like a different and record every time and dave Grohl once cut his hair that's yeah. what i'm saying but like Shaved dave Grohl beard. has yeah. done almost <clears throat> this same career but hasn't done any of that he just latches on to things. So, like, his thing was, I think the first big marketing move was this record that they put out. Uh, in Your Honor. In Your Honor. Yeah. So that's this record, uh, 2005 record, and the record is one half is heavy rock and roll, all instruments, uh, amplifiers, electric guitars. The other half is acoustic. And that was just a marketing ploy. It was like, okay, so we'll just do that. So we have, like, best of both worlds. That was just a smart idea to record a record. And then he went on and he did like other things where, you know, like did the the documentary that he did of all the cities and then he recorded in each city and made a record out of that. Around this era in 2005, he was just collaborating with everyone. That was his shtick. Hey, let's make a metal band. So I'll just do one with Lemmy. I'll play mm. in Queens of the Stone Age. He's just like in every band. You can't get away from him. And that's how he sustained his career. I think this album was like the true jumping of the shark. Mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the quality of his songwriting. Right. I think that there's... I can't even remember what this thing... On everything after a certain time frame, 
is like one super long album to yeah. me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, they yeah. they don't differentiate themselves. The sound yeah. is all the all the way that the songs are recorded, everything, all the tones, it's all the exact same way. I know. Right? Well, the two example songs you put on from this album and I do not recall which they are and it probably wouldn't even matter if I could. Um you know, there's the acoustic song which was like in one ear or out the other sort of like this is extremely competent. Right. And then like the loud electric song, which halfway through I was reminded, oh yeah, there's guys from Sunny Day Real Estate in this band. Or yeah. there's at least one. There's one. Or, like there's one. <laughs> he, but, like, he fired the other one. Still, <laughs> well, no, but he still like, I, I was reminded that it was like, oh, there are sort of, there's like a bit of, um, you know, for lack of a better term, 90s emo roots. Sure in there which caught my ear little, but then it was still singing, yeah. but then it was still kind of all wrapped up in the classic rock thing and right. uh i was not like ooh, i would like to hear more of that so at this moment in 2005 i still really liked dave Grohl, and i wasn't really into his music uh i hadn't been since the 90s and i think i hadn't like really cared about him since like 2000 like what he was actually doing but i really liked him and i think everyone did you just thought Dave Grohl was cool. Oh, he's always doing this. He's doing some new collaboration. He's doing this. I still just always respected him. And I think at this moment in time right now, I do. But definitely like the past five years, I have been like angry at him. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm so sick of you. Like I, you could not escape Dave Grohl from maybe like the past five, six years, constantly on tour, constantly some viral video of him doing something constantly like you, he's the sort of guy that like fresh pots <laughs> yeah, i yeah. like that one a lot fresh pots was but he's, he's he does like these bill murray moves where he'll like show up at somebody's party <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, was, at like a wedding or something or yeah i like, do yeah. I, I, I i do like that analogy people at a bar uh, yeah um so yeah so i was just like i'm so sick of seeing you and you're still doing the same music he's still very likable though you know like that's it that's the thing he's very very likable i think he's in like this new chapter of who he is right just won't shut up (laughs) no (laughs) he loves talking yeah and i i actually read something like fairly recently him saying that he's kind of like soft spoken he just lets his music do the talk i was like not from what i've (laughs) seen man like you never shut up (laughs) so you can't really fault dave girl he hasn't done anything bad like but you, I'm still just really annoyed with him. And compare him to Chris Novoselic, okay, uh, who has taken sort of the alternate approach, uh-huh. where he's just <laughs> like not being a rock star, not but al- also he not being as games. talented a musician, unfortunately, right? Yeah. Hey, man, but he sweet seventy five, sweet seventy five. Did you listen to that record? Yeah, I did. He yeah. had a and song. Drift. Eyes yeah. Drift had a, at least one really good song. Yeah. I only know one, but it was I don't really think good. I don't think Chris really tried. That's and the I mean, thing. He could have. He could have pushed it. He had the connections to push it. Sure, band. he could. He, but, but he's like a but pilot he in Seattle or like in Washington. He doesn't want to. And he's he just wanted like to be so an activist. And th- so it's just him versus. Um, Which is actually Dave. kind of an interesting thing, considering I just basically accused Dave Grohl of being completely apolitical. Yeah. yeah. For the reason he's boring, but like, yeah, Chris Novoselic is very activist. Yeah. Sure. He wrote books on politics, all sorts of things. But uh, wh- where the fuck is Chris Novoselic? He's not he's sitting selling his out stadiums. Oh, he's <laughs> sitting he on, on a giant pile of money. Yeah. He's still got some royalties coming I saw in. S- he's okay. I saw an interview with him. I'm literally wearing a Nirvana shirt right now. I am. I yeah. love yeah. that just, shirt. That just bought his new kitchen, yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, From I, I, this no, is an expensive uh, shirt, yeah. Yeah, but no no Grohl on... Uh, no Grohl. Oh, that's true. No Free Grohl, Grohl era. Yeah. Yeah. Nirvana I bought t-shirt. this in Seattle, actually. Oh, EMP. Museum. Nope. Here's one more thing, and I think I discussed this with someone recently, is that I think I was going like, why are the Foo Fighters still, why did they get this career? Why did they get this longevity? And obviously there was all the things we just talked about in like, you know, this 2005 era when Dave Grohl was like really pushing to collaborate, doing all sorts of different projects. Like he just, you could not escape him. But then he's, he's done various things up until now to promote himself and do different things. But they've still just been like the same band. And like, there's only a handful of bands. There's only 1% of bands who get to like be Foo Fighters status. And I was saying, why did, why did these guys get to keep going? And someone just said, it's because they're like the only rock band. Everybody else kind of like graduated or died off or left. 
and there's DJ culture and there's hip hop. It's just the Foo Fighters. They're the big yeah, stadium much, rock band. Pretty much. <laughs> that are still like have never it, broken up, have never done any reunions. It's just been them as a constant. They are the one. It's a combination of them literally not breaking up and hit him being the marketing machine that he is over the course of the years that they still survive. Well, yeah. that's an interesting point because there are a lot of bands that are still going. Like, well, to this is level, Pearl though. Jam is still an ongoing. Yeah, except that, except that they deliberately decided not to be the bigger than life, larger than life personality. Yeah. So, and when you consider the fact that you know in 2019, uh, Pearl Jam isn't that much older a band than Foo Fighters. Yep. Yeah, no, you can kind of compare their careers and compare the fact that five years. Yeah. That um, you know, Eddie Vedder kind of deliberately said, like, I don't want to be, you know, this like kind of megastar. Yeah. And uh Dave Grohl said, I do. And can you think that like realistically <laughs> at this it like today, like other than the fact that like we all would probably recognize them and they're like megastars from our generation. That pretty much anyone except for uh, Eddie Vedder could just walk down the street and they probably wouldn't get bothered. Like if Stone Gossard or Jeff Ament were just walking down Queen Street in Toronto, yeah, most likely I'd probably do a double take most and be people, like, "That yeah. guy looks familiar." Well, I would. I think I would. I think I could pull <coughs> Jeff Ament out, but like Stone Gossard or uh, who's the other guitarist? Mike McCready. Mike McCready. I don't think I'd pull them out of a lineup. Too <laughs> I, fast. I would. I, I guys, used to really like Pearl Jam, but those guys yeah. never made videos like. I mean, like, they haven't been like is in your face. I don't know. But they're they're like of they do very respectable things. They literally do the things that they want to do. They don't do anything that they don't want to do. And they just an got incredibly it. lucky but just getting to do that. Yeah. But it's an interesting sort of um, thing about how, like, I'm assuming they can still sell out a stadium. Absolutely. But in seconds. Yeah. I almost it's it's weird how like. I almost don't consider them a stadium band because they do it so quietly almost. Yeah, yeah. Like it's almost they're almost like like fish or something now. Yeah, where yeah. It's that's like that's exactly what they are. And they're they have loyal fans that will tour and follow them around because they're a different breed of band. They they still charge a reasonable amount for their tickets. And they play a radically different set list every single night. Yeah, it's like a Bruce Springsteen kind of thing. It's totally. Yeah. Like, you could see them, like, uh, two nights in a row back-to-back in Toronto. That's not the same set I'm list. I'm dying to segue to the Smashing Pumpkins okay. concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. Yeah. Well, can, I have to say something. Our resident, resident expert uh, uh, is, is here for a reason. Noyan's point. I'll, and I'll yeah. talk about it no, later. No, no, no. We're just going to talk about it now. I mean, we're going to segue in because, like... <laughs> An article later, pretty much after the Foo Fighters, is 2000. We have 2005 era Dave Grohl, a completely respectable guy, and we've all agreed. <laughs> who, yes. who, look, I understand is on the, why he's on the cover. You're like, oh, of course, Dave. Grohl's who could on the we cover be talking about next? <laughs> in 2005, <laughs> absolutely. And then next, you're like, and we wh- have what? <laughs> we have 2005 era. Billy Corgan. And I wish that <laughs> they could see the picture. What a terrible well, photo. Well, uh, everyone listening, I will be posting this picture, <laughs> and it's it looks just like Billy Corgan from 2000. Well, like, uh, I'm trying to say um, Adore era Billy Corgan, with, you know, mm-hmm. with his like stupid sunglasses and his bald head. Is yeah. that is that Baby Adore era? What, no, what this is not Adore era. He just what? didn't graduate past Adore era. Okay, yeah. Look here. But yeah, so uh, it is. What? I just want to point out that it's a, such a rock star photo, and I can just um, I can see it all in my head. Billy saying, "Where's the photographer?" And he's already been practicing in the mirror all morning. <laughs> what his pose is going to be? His blue steel. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So we have we have resident uh, super fan <laughs> Billy ex- resident Addison. Billy expert Netphoria <laughs> handle thirty three and a third Earphoria. No, it was <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. It was Runner's Dial Zero, which <laughs> was a uh, Beck reference. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. not even a Billy reference. On well, the I mean, I don't want to be too. I don't want to be the guy who wears the band T-shirt uh, to the concert. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, you are or you are not? I'm not. You're not. Okay. Okay, so I'm a little too. You know, you're too cool for that. Okay, too cool. Yeah. So this is 2005 and era. Wh- and and what? Why? Because like, what he, he has. Is, does he have a solo? He album has or a something? solo album out. 
Future Embrace. Oh. Yeah, of and it was not can rhyme us off. It's not. It's not bad. I th- it got looked over, and he's very bitter about it. Uh, it's not even on Spotify. N- well, I, I was just about it. to say there's. Uh, you can learn a lot about Billy with the way he controls the catalog, and he is very particular about what's online. Um, Zwan is also not online. He has a new solo album that's online, but that's not, which I think is a mistake because it's really not that bad. Zeitgeist from the Pumpkins is definitely not on. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of this stuff that he was releasing between, I think Oceana is on. And that's there's a lot of material he released between Machina and Oceana and none of it's represented because he's trying to control how this band is seen. And yeah. he's made all these missteps and he's like totally <laughs> trying to do damage control so on it. He's literally doing the exact opposite of Dave Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl is making opposite. all the right moves, and he's making all the worst moves. So, okay, this is what I want to do. Nat, Nat saw the Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> two days ago. Yeah. What, what John's motioning. Okay, because before you get into that, okay. I do want to – with that context, I kind of want to just quote something from this article. Sure. And uh, so, you know, obviously we've said it's 2019 – Last night, Nathaniel saw the Smashing Pumpkins live with James Iha and Jimmy Chamberlain, if I'm E-haw. not mistaken. <laughs> Iha, <Yeah>, sorry. <laughs> but there's a question. Some random. So literally the one, two, no three, Darcy. fourth question into the interview is, will you ever reunite with the Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> under any circumstance? But listen he, to his answer. Oh, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm not going to quote the whole thing, but he goes like, when people ask me that, it means, are we going to see the four members on stage again? And, and will that be what we're looking for? Like another crack hit. The answer to both questions <laughs> is no. <laughs> the divides hit. are too deep, yada, yada, yada. After his quote, editor's note, as Spin went to press, Corgan announced plans to, quote, renew and revive the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> I have two things to say about that. Okay. First of all, okay. his, uh, his, just his, manner of speaking where he says it's like a crack hit this is totally how billy sees his relationship with the word is like a little nugget of information from him is a crack is a hit a crack to his <laughs> for the to fans his, for the that fans. are jonesing for it right yeah. <laughs> with the ego that on is guy, so eh? billy drama dramatic thing to say the other thing is that technically that's accurate because it was never all four of them yep. again so he and he even says if it happens, I owe you a lot of money. Yeah. So it is well, sort of. A, I don't well know yeah, if he yeah, knew that. Good one. If, if no, we're sorry, not luckily, but Mark Spitz is dead, the writer. Mm. So guess he's not <laughs> cashing out on this. Oh yeah, because I didn't quote. I I skipped over that line. Uh, Billy's line. Uh, if we're standing on stage in seven years, I owe you a good deal of money. <laughs> wow, Mark Spitz from beyond the grave. You have to collect. Uh, uh, Billy selling his guitars to pay you. <laughs> So, Nat, tell us about this show, be, and then we'll talk about this article, because I think it ties so well into, like, the tone of this article of Billy, again, just being, like, this egomaniac. He's not really going anywhere. This is 2005-era oh, well, Billy, well, and now we've got a reunited Pumpkins that we all know about. Well, before you, and before you answer, I also want to interject that it's also, like, he talks a lot about his relationship with James yeah. and oh, makes it yeah, sound like... He really like, tosses him under the bus. Yeah, he really tosses him under the bus here. But it just seems like bullshit, too. Yeah, and he says something about, I you know I'm not overly PC, but he says something about how Asian people don't like showing their emotion. I was I like, no, I was like, really, well, Billy, I thought you're you more sensitive really than that. <laughs> but back then, I probably would have said that. It just doesn't age well. He has and no filter. Uh, no, and and again, I've quote the, the full quote. Him. The full quote was from Billy Corgan: "Is I've had other Asian friends. <laughs> they get weird with my raw Irish emotion." <laughs> Guys, I could say it. I have Asian friends. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So, tell us now, about now 20, give us a, give us a 2019 The Pumpkins. Oh, I don't know if I can keep it under a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it is interesting to look, two minute wedding speech. <laughs> to look at it. Well, you were uh, telling us earlier that the chemistry. Oh, God. But allow me to sort of build the scene because I think it deserves some context. Okay. <laughs> uh and it is interesting to be looking at an article written, what did you say it was, 15 years? 14 years 14 ago. 14 years ago. And to see wh- what he is the current state of things and just do a quick side-by-side. Yeah. Because this is like, um, I had no plans to go, but it's such an easy sell for me to go to. A pl- if somebody's like, hey, did you want to go to the pumpkin store? I'm like, yeah, let's and go. And how much yeah. did you pay for this ticket? So 
We didn't have tickets. It's at Molson Amphitheater. There you go. There's and there's there's number one day of the show. You can still grab tickets. Yes. And then <laughs> it's just an Oasis is on, and he's playing nothing but. Or sorry, no Gallagher's on. He's playing nothing but Oasis tracks. Oh, and, and sorry, you, and do you, like, you missed AFI. I yes, I oh, intentionally okay. came in about uh, three quarters man, of the way. You're not through. getting your money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, met up with my friend who had been there the whole time. People are like singing along with all the Oasis singles. It is mom's dancing on the grass. Who uh, is? It is Who? M- mom. Your mom. Oh, just moms. Just moms. Moms, moms in general. Oh, it's moms and bros. So it, it was, was like parents' night out. It was total it was parents', parents night, night out. Yeah. It was we all people who had to catch or wanted to beat traffic. That was a huge thing on everybody's mind. <laughs> so I'll jump right from there to <laughs> halfway only through the pumpkin set. Out of probably about ten thirty, they went on at nine thirty. Whoa exodus of people to this to the exits and at first i was like maybe they're all using the washroom <laughs> but then it was just like it was like a torrent it's like one person saw the next person leave and they're like oh they're leaving let's just leave uh, it's like <laughs> we, we want to get ahead of traffic was it nobody it nobody is. wanted to be the first person to get up and yeah. leave in front of billy it's like the uh, <laughs> no the, no they literally saw the traffic building as people were leaving right so and uh, yeah that's oh yeah. no that guy's leaving yeah that's, i gotta, billy does I gotta get on the gardener in front of yeah. me i was on the lawn, and in my head, I was like, it's going to be a beautiful evening, which it was. It'll be very relaxing. I like the lawns. Uh, get to sit in the grass. And in my optimistic view, it was going to be a lot of relaxing and watching the pumpkins. Uh-huh. But no, nobody sat down, of course. So of first course. of all, your yeah. standing room only yeah. on the lawn. Yeah. So my sort of like fun, relax. I would have loved to have had a folding chair, but I would have been the only person sitting. They probably wouldn't even let you in with it. I don't think that would I wonder. It's funny you say that you're like standing room only for the pumpkins, but I remember distinctly like lounging on the lawn for Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, dude, it could have been the crowd because it was. I was up and down for sure, but I remember like being like, I'm very comfortable just listening. Is that to the Nine Inch Nails Soundgarden tour? No, it was Different Nine Inch Nails 2005 around okay. this era of this magazine. Uh, the the crowd at the pumpkin show was horrible. <laughs> it was but at so least they were bad. Standing. It was like in front of me was just these bros and you know, <laughs> cut Although this here's part. a fun <laughs> here's a fun question. How many of those people were actually there for Noel Gallagher? Uh, Almost yeah. not. Well, they were there for Oasis. No, but that's like what half I mean. Of Oasis well, opens no, no, but for that's what I mean. Like yeah. because you know, like I remember it was everybody from the suburbs. It was totally like I've Burlington I've been to there. shows no, where yeah. I was there for like the opener, the opener es- essentially. And halfway through the like headlining band, we were like, well, let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. No, like we once yeah. saw yeah. three of us. You wanted to beat traffic, right? Um, Alice Cooper and oh, yeah. um, and Motley, Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. And yeah. like and <laughs> we didn't see all of Alice Cooper, but what we saw was so awesome. Yeah. And then Motley Crue came on. And we we're like, oh, OK. But then halfway through, we were like, nah, that's enough yeah, of that. That's, yeah. That's it's like I, I get it. I'm not a fan. I don't know the songs. They no, put, yeah. me neither. But I mean, that's the same with I could say with like the Smashing Pumpkins these days, and it just really sucks. Like just to kind of bring it back on topic, that like Billy Corgan still in the back of his mind thinks he's a really big deal and he's really important, and he just can't grasp the fact that he isn't, and the fact that people are like walking out in droves and really are there like to see a bunch of Oasis hits and then grab as many Pumpkins radio hits as they can and be like, okay, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Well, and what was their set pretty? It was the hits. It was the hits. It was a hit. With set. a couple new tracks mixed yeah. in. Um, I saw a lot of new tracks on the set list. From the night there before. was. I think there was like, I, I think four. There was a lot of post '90s stuff. Okay. But not, I don't know. At least half of it was '90s, and maybe half of it was post '90s. Well, that's that's a tough set then, man. It should mm. be all '90s and but two they, new. They songs. have like least one song that i like that was post 90s that's called super christ that it's like it's like no but it's X, not about y, you it's about yeah, like no. i know yeah, people knew, nobody knew it yeah. because yeah, yeah. how many people were there like oh yeah i remember those bands from the 90s they were really fun yeah it was oh you my know, god like, there's a deep cut from this from the machine album which i do not care for and i don't even what song was it it's called blue skies bring tears and i know billy's really proud of it wow, he always what a pumpkin's name song yeah and it is like experimental and it's sort of like very whaley guitar that's when i really noticed the wave of <laughs> <laughs> i was like whoa billy huge mistake yeah oh man 
he just because that's the he, thing he like, is not grasp reality and it's easy for you to characterize like oh these people got to get home and beat traffic lol 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 part-time fans but then how much of that was billy just being like you all love me and everything <laughs> i've done and then being like we don't really we've heard today we can leave yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. True. i heard my grade eight grad song i'm like I'm by on. the time the droves of people left out had they played today Oh my! Had they, they started pl- with today. Had they played they Cherub Rock? Yep. yep. No, no. Actually, they they were leaving before Cherub Rock, oh. but they left right after tonight. Tonight. I feel <laughs> like I feel like to, I feel like Cherub Rock. What about 1979? It was after 1979. I wish I had a screen cap of this. Uh, it was Billy posts a lot of Q and A on Instagram that I follow. Somebody posted. Oh, I was so disappointed to see all the people who started filing out after tonight. Tonight. So. And he, he chooses which questions he uh, is going to answer. So it's like he chose to answer this question. He's like, oh, yeah, those are the the part-time fans. He says it in the his The Fairweather fans. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. He's like, we're used to it. We see it every show. And I was like, ooh, really? He called out that there was uh, 12,000 people here tonight. And I was like, who needs to say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was such a Wait, Billy thing. I don't, I don't think there was. It's like, uh, you should have said that two songs ago, Billy, because <laughs> it's, it's probably it's down to about 8,000 now. It's a 16,000 <laughs> 16, capacity venue. <laughs> I wouldn't call it out. And there's a Groupon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's bad. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the set list, and this is okay. like really surprising, too, because there's way more non-hits on here than I would really expect for, for what this is. Like, when this tour was announced, I was really surprised because the only, literally, the only thing that Noel Gallagher has in common with Smashing Pumpkins is they they peaked at the yeah, same period. Yeah, totally. There's no like sonic value that's you know overlapping. What? Interestingly yeah, enough, yeah. I he just mentions them in the article. Noel Gallagher yeah, yeah. was not playing 2005 era Oasis songs. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to interject for a second that in the article, yeah, Corgan actually calls out because uh, what's the um, oh they're they're talking about about being a genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, oh, maybe their egos are the no, same. No, maybe that's, that's what they have in common, no, no, their it's, egos. It's I mean, out. Corgan's always talking about that. But the, the original question and, you know, was uh, it can't be very easy to do to finally do this at 38. I don't know what the finally refers to, but anyways, make a solo. They're, they're kind of, yes, they're talking about you know Billy being thirty-eight, which every Pumpkins album is a which solo. Which is kind of old because yeah. he talks about you know not not being twenty-two anymore. You know, f- uh, but anyways, yada yada yada. Um, talks about when Dylan sucks, he's still Dylan. But then he goes, and that's the same thing uh, with a band like Oasis. If they're not focused, they're still fucking great. They can still turn it up. Any night of the week would be better than 99.9% of bands. They're, ro- they're like royalty. And it's sort of a weird call-out. He's consistent. Out. It's sort of a weird call-out in 2005. I don't even remember Oasis still being a thing then. Well, they still were. But the thing was that Billy, I mean, he did a, a great progression through the 90s. He was good up all the way until Machina. And Machina's got a lot of faults, but it has some good singles on it. And then after that... He literally thought he could just do it on its own. Like, no matter how he spins it in this article about wanting to keep his band together and being on his knees, pray, like, yeah. begging James to, like, forgive him. I was like, that sounds like major bullshit. I guarantee that didn't happen. Um, and everything he did afterwards without that band, even though I think he was a control freak and doing practically everything, sucked. It was terrible stuff. His, his 2000s work is awful. But Oasis... They just did the same thing over and over and over again. And that was actually what sustained their greatness and people actually showing up to their show. They just did the same thing for 15 years. Yes. And he has got the (laughs) same haircut. Yeah. Same haircut. They did not change. So does Billy, I guess. They're like the Ramones, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty entertaining. I actually, in Billy's defense, really believe he's a good person and I don't think so but yeah in his own extremely special way well. he means well in his world he's doing a lot of good yeah. and he's really trying yeah he's that person yeah. who cannot step outside himself and realize that everybody no. else is right and he's wrong it's everybody mm. he's the he's the everybody else is wrong person when his ego is removed from it he's I think he's a very sensitive person yeah, but his he, ego sure cap, like trumps all of it well the You're impression right. the impression I got from this article is that he's uh, he doesn't say it but he seems very burdened with his incredible talent. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> yeah, he does. Billy yeah. quote. Uh, God. I and I, I and during the article I was oh. sympathizing with him. I was like, I have been in a situation where like he cites an example where he's like, "We'll have a meeting." I come to the meeting and says, "What does everybody want?" 
nobody says anything so i say well if nobody has any ideas we'll do what i want yeah i have been in that situation a lot of times Uh and then have been called a billy afterwards (laughs) for being like he just does what he wants i was like i remember sitting there and asking everybody for ideas and everybody just stared at me with a blank look on their face right but on the flip side that is a real thing that happens a lot the pull quote the pull quote that they chose god i think this one's really bad (laughs) oh here it is here it is quote my talent is a dominant thing. In the pumpkins, I was Michael Jordan. If I go to the hoop every time, I could go to the hoop every time if I wanted. Uh. John, can you go to the front page and read the quote from there? Uh, no, th- th- yes, that one exactly. With the awesome photo, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Uh, I literally created the biggest band in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that quote is in the corner of the page that has the photo. That's the one that's him. been wanted to make sure everybody saw. Oh yeah. You basically get the tone. When you're that. a journalist and you're interviewing someone like this, they're like saying this stuff. You, what are you thinking? Like when it's coming, you're like, oh, this is gold. Totally. This is yeah. God. This is a gold mine. <laughs> and in I'm, a lot of and they won't say anything. They literally will like, not say anything. They'll just let that person just keep talking. Just keep I, talking. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, in the writer's meeting or the editor's meeting, when they're, like, divvying up the stories, when someone's like, uh, you got Billy Corgan, they're like, oh, my job is easy today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even need to ask a question. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you know, you obviously, you, you often get these articles with artists, and, you know, a lot of times oh, musicians yeah. aren't that interesting, and they're, like, describing the salad that they're eating at the thing, you know, at the Grove or whatever, and it's <laughs> literally... I think that he interviewed him for like an hour. <laughs> that was it. Well, yeah. I mean, at one point they start talking about James and breaking up the band. And the writer just asks, how does he, referring to James, how does he get to break up the band? And I, I, I think Billy's answer is about 500 words. No, he didn't really say much great things. Like he was in a roundabout way, like kind of, you know, trying to say that he loved James, but really didn't mm-hmm. do a good job of it at all recently i've seen this thing is like james is my brother you said that the chemistry was just shit it was really difficult yeah Uh, and even a friend of mine who i only contact when the pumpkins are in town because i knew she would be there and we were talking about afterwards and she said to me she's like it was hard to watch well she said billy without a guitar is really awkward oh yeah (laughs) did he just do straight singing he did at times and he tries to dance it's really painful that sounds like rivers Cuomo. he's trying to grow yeah (laughs) He and he kind of behaves like he does in the adore video. The, the yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to look like Nosferatu actually. Yeah. Uh, and he yeah. does like these like sharp moves, but in the video he had the benefit of editing to sort of like <laughs> speed up the footage and stuff. But the and whole thing with yeah, like I mean like I mean obviously you saw them now with James and Jimmy. The last time I saw them was with you uh 2015 and it was just him and Jimmy and like two other randos. Um and he was phoning it in, man. Like mm. he did not want to play the hits. He wants to like be. He wants to be Radiohead. He wants to be able to go up and play whatever he wants and have everybody just like fall in a puddle in front of him. Mm. It doesn't happen. It's not good music. People want to hear the hits. He they finally got him to get up and like play a whole bunch of stuff. He could not care less. And it sounds like from your review, it would kind of was the same show. Like we saw it. It was really, it was really obvious he did not want to be there. I think the only thing that was good was like Silver Fuck. It was like one kind of deep track, uh, like. But uh, even that's old. Like it may it not have been a hit. It's no, still a but classic. He, and but it's he not a single. Yeah. Playing it, and right. it was like I played 1979 but four like, million times. I but don't that, that is like. that is a Siamese Dream track, right? Sure, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. mean. Even though it's not a single or a hit, it's still, ooh, Siamese Dream. Like, I don't count any song on Siamese Dream a deep cut. Okay, mm. you're, you're, you're right. You're just saying, because the whole album is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. and like... But it's not a single, <laughs> at yeah. least. But like. uh, he, first of all, was... I think he rehearses a lot, and technically they were on point. It was... Um, it was a big reminder of how sort of exciting and dangerous they seemed in the 90s, uh-huh. like performing on acid or something and being like such an angry person and like yeah. being destructive and difficult. And now it just seems like it's like a ride on Disney. Well, yeah. I do want to say, assuming that we're actually going to finish up talking about Billy. No, I never. That yeah. uh, I, mean, I, I figured that like could go hours. for another couple <laughs> The hours, contrast but. between our our conversation about the Billy article and our conversation about the Dave Grohl article mm. uh, is telling. 
And, you know, let's go back and note again that Billy is not mentioned anywhere on the cover of this issue. They're not even yeah, mentioned on the cover. That's but he's probably unreal. got one of the more interesting articles in sure, this. Interesting right. in the sense that you're just, like, entertaining. Because he says ridiculous shit the whole yeah. time. He has also always said, and I believe it to an extent, where this is the same guy that has, like, got control controlling interest in a uh, independent wrestling league. He is a bit Who of doesn't a heel. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? He like, that's a wrestling <laughs> promo. Yeah, it's That's, a total wrestling that, promo. That exactly. interview is, yeah. a, is a wrestling promo. He's a heel. And James, I think he, do you want to come down here? <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you. <laughs> I'll meet you at the Budweiser stage, August 11th. <laughs> John, John's just kind of smiling at the, the ad at the end of this article for Vans Warp Tour 05. Yeah. Anything notable there? I mean... I could actually run through. This was actually the era of Vans Warped Tour that I could probably go through a lot of bands and know um, because Warped Tour classically, like they would bring a lot of new bands out, but then they would always do those standard, like guys from the 90s who started, like I think this tour started 10 years previous to this, 95, and like the Pennywise and like No Use for a Name or whatever, they were all the guys who did it. And they just brought them back every year. They had yeah. to have those those standard dudes show up. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of these guys, I know, the transplants were obviously like a huge thing in punkish at the time. Fallout Boy, I don't think Fallout Boy was actually that huge at this point. I was actually going to ask about that because like this is kind of a sidebar, but um, this issue, one thing it seems to be missing is now I didn't follow Fallout Boy. And that kind of, <laughs> for lack of a better term, like, <laughs> like mall <laughs> punk emo thing mm-hmm. that happened in the 2000s. That is a perfect description, John. But it's not anywhere in this issue of Spin. No, it isn't. They and really I don't know who would have been big, but, like, it just seems like they are either ignoring it or missing the boat on it entirely. You they know what? Billy's quotes trumped anything. <laughs> They were like, they were like, we we're got gonna, this Fallout yeah. Boy article, but man, oh, Billy wants to yeah. talk. We're gonna give. <laughs> they they had Forget like half a page for Billy, and then he just kept talking. They're like, okay, this is four pages now. <laughs> oh, shit, man, we don't have room for My yeah. Chemical Romance, and uh, <laughs> that was the other band here. I couldn't remember. I still like that band. I, I still like that band. Them. You like that? Band? I like that band. Oh, Why that's funny that them? you would mention that. I remember Alex saying to me one time, he's like, he'd always say, he's like. The pumpkins aren't that good. You just have like this big emotional attachment. He's like, they're no better than My Chemical Romance. And people who are 16 now will say when they're your age that the My Chemical Romance is is as good as the pumpkins. And I was like, I don't think so. I was like, it's hard yeah. for me to tell because I'm obviously he's, biased. He's not wrong. I don't hold but them I as high as the pumpkins. Yeah, That's I think ridiculous. The pumpkins but they were well our achieved. generation, but they were. So the thing I hate about that My Chemical Romance, number, uh, number one, I just think they're like a very manufactured, like no good idea band. But they came right after the Green Day had their, uh, yeah. uh, sorry, like their resurgence American with American Idiot. Idiot, where they made this concept record. And then My Chemical Romance decided to do that with the Black Parade. And I remember just listening to the first track. And I was like, they sound like, oh, hey, Green Day did this concept record. Let's do that right now. And let's <laughs> just go into the studio and make it up as we go along. And that's yeah. literally, that Black Parade song is Utter fucking garbage noise. <laughs> That's not even on the record that I, I really like. Yeah, <laughs> the one that the record that I like has like three songs on it. It's called I think Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge or something okay. like that, and it has three songs. And I've listened to the whole record, and I don't like anything else on it. But those three songs, to me, are just fantastic songs. And they, he's a great vocalist, uh-huh. and those three songs are just like really strong. So, I, you know, guilty I, pleasure. I don't know. It's okay. It's fine. I. I literally heard that Black Parade song. I was like, "This is the, one of the worst songs I've ever heard." That 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 Black Parade song is is heavily overproduced, and it just has stupid lyrics. It makes no sense. Literally, like, I mean, you don't have to read too much into movies or music and like just stories, but literally, the lyrics are, "My father took me into see a marching band, and then his dad asked him, will you be the person who like rises up and like, you know, helps people?'" I was like. What the fuck is this song about? Your dad took you into the city to see a marching band and then immediately asked, son, will you be the person who it's like Anakin Skywalker pretty much? <laughs> like saves the fucking world? What is this song? I don't know. I can't defend it. 
good. Sloganeering. It's, it's undefendable. There's that Beck track that's mm-hmm. called uh, Heartland Feelings, and I think it's a direct response to being asked to write a song people can sing along to and be feel good about. And it's, it's very, um, he just like writes it in like five seconds. And it's really stupid. And it's just like every cliche you can think of in a row. That's how I feel about, and I like Green Day in the 90s. Green Day, essentially, their Billy Joe Armstrong's Strong's lyrics are just cliche after cliche after yeah. cliche. Like it's the whole song is just cliches. Sure. Yeah. I it's mean, like Motorhead. But it's all the. <laughs> Banging chicks, <laughs> like, <laughs> booze. That's fun. <laughs> Talking about war, that's no fun. I don't want to yeah, hear about yeah. that. And then Motorhead that's was cool because they did it really fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And these, you didn't know what you fucking was saying. You just yeah. said like this. You could have been yeah. saying anything. It was great. Yeah, who cares <laughs> what he's been, saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. He could have been he could have been talking about going to see a marching band, but he sounded great doing it. I do yeah. think though, if you decipher any lyrics, they will sound like shit if yeah. you <laughs> decipher them that way that you just did. Hey, let's not if, start cutting up uh all right. Lemmy and his songwriting <laughs> and his lyricism. Rest in power. Yeah. I did want to just point out and finally, the very back cover ad, uh, because I love whenever we do these late 90s, early 2000s magazine, seeing all this stuff. There is an ad for Napster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? 2005? Yes. Uh, 2005, all the music you want, any way that you want it, but not free at this point. <laughs> a Napster uh, uh, membership is the fast, safe, and legal way to get unlimited access to over 1 million songs uh, on your PC they had and compatible MP3 player. Did Napster have uh, contracts or like uh, agreements with the labels? No, I think I think it like got bought. Well, no, they did try their hand at doing a legal, like paid service. Um, I think this this might have been still like Napster, the company with all the like founders in it uh-huh. not long after this it just became like a zombie brand that got passed around sure. but i don't know if i don't think it was a zombie brand yet well i wonder here. how far they got down because obviously it was like paving away for what would ultimately be itunes or spotify but and they're sort of i'm trying to imagine what the legal way they were doing because it couldn't have been peer-to-peer where you're just trading stuff anymore well no it's it just, just be like an iTunes no I but wonder. no but you know what though like um there was iTunes. I think Apple was already selling music at this point, but there was also membership per month. Um, oh, there was another one that I actually tried out like around this era where it was like you paid per month and you could just, they had, you know, however many artists on there and you could like download the tracks or something. Well, this um, is also right around the time that I read this big article with Rick Rubin and he had been hired by I'm thinking Columbia Records to be their uh, VP and to like you know essentially like save the record industry <laughs> and his idea was I read this like around 2005 I'd say something like that what you got to do is make a streaming uh, subscription service that's how we're going to do this you'd make a monthly I, streaming subscription yeah. service and no one did it and he's like well, that's what I told you to do. <laughs> yeah. like, and wow, you guys cool. decided to do it 10 years later. Yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> okay, last but not least, as we always end this, this is getting like less and less fun, actually. It's way more fun in the 90s. Yeah, it's yeah, more, no it's more ridiculous. Even like leafing through <laughs> it. The billboard, you mean the billboard the, yeah, stuff? I'm leaving yeah, I'm leaving up to the... I never know any guess, of it. Guess the billboard charts. I, I don't even want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see so how it goes. I, I just so they. Well, you know what you should do? Maybe just okay. name them off, okay. and then but pause for our blank reactions. Okay, sure. Okay. I mean, okay, I'm gonna do ten. Is this top album or top this song? Is, this is top album. I looked at top song, and it wasn't any better. Okay. I I compared the two, and I was like, what would be better? The songs tend right. to be a bit more random. So yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. are you gonna yeah. go really like random. ten to one? Yeah, yeah I'll go okay. to ten to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's do this. So the. Uh, I think the, the 10 to 5, we'll, we'll get some reactions. Number 10, Holding Strong, Demon Days by Gorillaz. Nice. Okay, yeah, so that was yeah. a good yeah. album. Yeah. That was when Gorillaz were still like really oh, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, when did they come? 2000, 2001? No, no, no. no they 2001 were, was their yeah, debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this would have been... Mm, I feel like there's... 
Yeah, I feel like there was like at least one hit on that album. That yeah, album was, sure. I think, a very big album. I think yeah. the first one you really was all like over them. the place. Yeah. The, the first one was all over the place. It sort of sounded a lot more like Blur, where he was just like following every instinct and con- doing tons of collaborations. And then this one had a m- way more cohesive sound. And it was good. It had the Kids with Guns track. Oh, it had yeah, the yeah. Um, Feel Good Inc. Yeah, was Feel on Good it. Inc. That was the uh, which had the guy with the Happy Mondays guy on it, I think. Uh, Sean something. I can't What's his name? Sean Ryder. Sean Ryder. Yeah, yeah. He was on one of the tracks. Grape. Yeah. Okay, number nine. Okay, number nine. This is actually, this is great because this is very telling of this era and like where we were at. Uh, Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Oh, oh yeah. wow, yeah. So yeah. this is post-American well, Idol. Actually, that's yeah. funny because yeah, yeah. Uh, there was, in this issue, I mean, I didn't think it was worth noting until now, but uh, there was like a photo of Courtney Love and Francis, Francis Bean, Bean at mm. apparently the American Idol premiere. Yeah, yeah. So this must have been like just after the first season of American Idol. I think, you know what's funny that we actually didn't mention about Courtney Love, like this is sidetracking a little bit right now, but now that we brought it up, is that she's mentioned in both did the Dave Grohl and the Billy Corgan. Oh, articles. yeah. I did not pick up on that. So that makes sense. He's, she, uh, Billy Corgan and her are like best buddies, like that he's like writing her songs. Of course, he has to like note that he's writing Courtney's songs. Yeah, yeah. And this was actually kind of a famous quote at this time where she said in this article, Dave Grohl has been stealing uh, stealing food out of or like stealing money out of my kid's pocket for years. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's right, Courtney. You, you didn't just blow all Kurt's money. It's, yeah. it's Dave that took it all away from you. <laughs> yeah. There was a funny incident where um, Chris and Dave like tried, like, were questioning Courtney's mental state in court and saying that she should have to have psych- uh, uh, psychological evaluations before she can like come to court. Before she can tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, okay. Her. number eight. This is another, like, here we are, man. 2000, uh, actually, this is better than I thought it would be. Um, Monkey Business by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> wow. So this would like be the, the let's yard. get it. No, that's not the <laughs> That's Kellis. <laughs> just, you know what? To be honest, like, it's close enough. I, j- well, I, yeah. I just chose to say nothing. Yeah. This is the let's get it started era, man. Isn't that with Fergie though? Yeah, that's when they got big. Yeah, that's when they like added her. Yeah, they added her and they blew up. Yeah, they were like this conscious rapper. Are you asking if Fergie did milkshake? Yeah. No. No. I always assumed. I was gonna say, are you also asking if Fergie was in (laughs) Black Eyed Peas? Wasn't she? No, I will say. Yeah, she is. I remember them. I remember seeing their videos before they added her and being like, oh, this is pretty, this is like decent. Black Eyed Peas played Warp Tour before her. Yeah. Like they were like this conscious rap group. Like they were respected. And And then then all of a sudden it was like, they they were, and they were like, we want to make money. (laughs) (laughs) And they did. They did. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Everybody's favorite band at number seven. X and Y by Cold. Wow. Only number seven. Wow. They they were probably on the charts for like yes. eight months yeah. or something. I'm not gonna go to the backlog. Yeah. Number six, Kids Bop Eight. <laughs> um, yes, yes. That's a, yes. that's definitely one of the better Kids Bops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one has Justin. It's Timberlake my favorite one. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Rockefeller presents. Tierra Mari at number five. No clue. Wasn't Rockefeller, wasn't that like Jay-Z? No, well, Rockefeller was his, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. his label. So yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. brand new, this this person is just on the charts this week, it looks like. T-E-A-I-R-R-A. Tiara? I think it's oh, good good <laughs> for her since yeah, good. since things things didn't obviously last. she has and no longevity. You know what sucks? It's like we, uh, I'm gonna put this song on and you're listening to it right now, and we're all gonna realize what this song was. Oh really? But you know, in you know, we'll when, see. When, yeah, uh, in, in the in the future, which is now, like Bill and Ted's, you're gonna hear this song. Um, <laughs> number three, little peek I behind actually the have curtain. to click on this because there's okay. Here we go. Number three, the emancipation of Mimi, Mariah Carey. 
Um, that was a big record, yeah. What's on that? I have no idea. Okay. I just I just remember hearing huge, a lot about though. it. I mean, what Mariah Carey? You can just say that was a big record and just put the word Mariah Carey in yeah. front yeah, of that. That's, like, that's, yeah, that's, sure. That's what can. I just did. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, <laughs> of course you could have just said that and not have known. And we yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's a big it record. It would have been true. I just want to say that's a big record at least once yeah. in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's a big. Well, record. Well, you know what, Noyan, you're gonna say it again when you hear number two. Now 19, very Sardis. Oh. I was, oh my God, I was about to say, there better be now. There better be a now. <laughs> there's on there's always now, John. Every 2000s yeah. episode we've done, there's been a now on the maybe that Maybe wow. that should be the new segment. Just yeah. guess where the now is. <laughs> Find the now. Yeah. Anybody want to guess for number one? Can number one. Pass. No. Country artist, female, not Shania Twain. The end run. No. Ooh. ooh. Taylor T Swift? No. Nope. Faith Hill. Faith Hill. You're right. Faith Hill. Faith Hill is correct. With Fireflies. By Faith Hill. Not Faith Evans. Which I always say get confused with. Faith Hill. And that's it. That's a good list. That's so a good list. We're Had just everything. gonna we're gonna post we're just gonna end this on uh, all of the artists that were on now uh, nineteen. We're gonna let that play yeah. out for, for <laughs> two, hours. two hours. That twenty-three <laughs> track album. I, I was gonna say, I think the now nineteen is every artist we probably just named. Yeah. <laughs> every artist that released an album in two thousand five. Yeah, uh, they're on there or that month. Because, yes. Yeah, you could not escape it now. Anyways, thanks a lot, guys. That's it. That was the moment. Ooh, two thousand five. Two thousand five, August. It was such a hot, sweaty, wonderful month. Hot. Hot. <laughs> I walk this empty street on the boulevard of broken dreams where the city sleeps and I'm the only one and